Welcome to Club Management. I'm your host, DJ Shannon. And on this show, we talk to artists, DJs, and industry professionals on how they're changing their community through music. You can listen to the show on any platform like SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Just type Club Management. This is episode 74. Welcome back to episode 74 of Club Management, 74 episodes strong. And thank you to everyone who tuned into the last episode with DeVoy. That was so special and really, really sweet. I'm glad we got to hear about his history in the making. And it's officially April and we have so many good conversations in store for the show. And I have so many shows this month. I'm actually a little bit overwhelmed. I'm really like excitingly overwhelmed that I need to like get to work and rearrange my record box. Um, And I'm ticking off a few things that I had been wanting to do for a while. Doing a museum event later this month, which I'm super hyped about. Um, Working with incredible people that I've been dying to work with again. Going to be doing uh, a really fun party with Felt Zine late next week. A rooftop party later this month. It's all going down and I'm so blessed uh, to get out there and play after a month-long hiatus. You know, I took the month of March off just to uh, shift my energy to work projects that needed to get done. But I also wanted to take some time off to just see all of the exciting things that are going on with nightlife. There's so much rich culture, so many incredible parties that are going down right now that I wanted to just take the month off to absorb it, see how people are doing, how they're playing, how folks are reacting. And you'd be surprised, you know, for all my DJs that also love to dance and are dancers at heart, how much that really helps with your sets when you're just out there on the dance floor observing your other fave DJs play and how they work a crowd and work a set. You can learn so much from that and I gotta tell you the notepads were out I got to see so many people just shred their sets I got to see DeVoy tear up his set at Rumble in the Ramble run by the incredible Dea who we'll be talking to later on in the show uh got to see Honey Bun tear up their set at Basement Kilopatra destroyed her opening set for Todd Terry at Silo, a new bar that just opened up recently. And man, I don't, I think I've definitely seen some more shows last month that I'm not mentioning, but it was just a reminder of how rich, rich everything is right now and how everything feels so exciting at the moment, uh, especially after that long tiring, very stressful period of COVID that we were, we were through, you know, that we all collectively went through. Um, another big highlight was my set for Lucid Radio run by Dev Moore and his incredible partner Next Dimensional. Shout out to them. I can't wait for the felt zine party uh, later on this month, but, um, another pirate radio station emerging here in the city that's trying to showcase all of the incredible talent and community going on across the city and I can't wait to see them just continue to grow they've already had six sets besides myself Kyra and Richcraft were on there oh man who else Kuxla was on there Jialing was on there, you name it. Uh, So it's been exciting to see them take that project off the ground and can't wait to see where it goes next. You know, it's just so great to see all of the work and dedication that's being put into all of the incredible experiences that are currently happening on the dance floor. There's so many 
amazing crews and communities that make New York nightlife tick at the moment. And one of my highlights from last month was attending the incredible party Rumble and the Ramble, spearheaded by the talented Dea. R&R has become a utopia for ravers across the city. It's not just a party, it's an experience. Packed with fog and the tint of smoldering red lights, every month, Dea finds the most interesting spaces to hold her monthly rave. Whether it's a massive warehouse, or in the case of March's event, an empty skate park, ravers are invited to show up as their authentic selves and dance the night away to booming and euphoric techno. Known for her heavy, unhinged and pummeling selections of techno, acid, and thrashing industrial, Dea sends the dance floor into a hypnotic trance as she tells a story with her effortless mixing. And she has been inviting some incredible artists to share the space with her since the party's inception. I spoke to Dea about the importance of R&R in New York City's thriving nightlife scene, how spiritualism has played a driving force in her work, and what's up next for her busy DJ career? I'm I'm really in a interesting space this year. I feel like I'm finally getting back to some form of normal, um, you know, post-pandemic <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you know, yeah. I was, that year was just crazy for a lot of us. But over these last two years, I've really found myself kind of gravitating towards spirituality as a form of reprieve from all of the things that are going on in the world and music has certainly played a big role in that um mm. and yeah and that's why i'm just so interested to hear about other people that are into music and how they might be using spirituality as a way to help them through life their careers um mm-hmm. so i'm really interested to hear your journey but before we go into that i'm also interested to hear about your music and how you got into the scene here in new york city um yeah particularly with your sets, because, you know, they're often filled with this driving bass that really just gets people going berserk on the dance floor. <laughs> um, tell me, how did how did you find connection with techno music in particular? Yeah, I mean, so I guess we can start with like the, the origin story before it even gets to um, where I am today. But as far as the music that I was into. So, I mean, like I've always been somebody like even as a child that liked intense things, intense experiences, whether that was just being like super active, seeking out adrenaline rushes. And, you know, that was the same thing when it came to fashion, music, everything. So when I was growing up, it was, I was listening to all genres, but it really like, I was listening to a lot of like trap and metal music. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that was, and that was just like, it was basically like, how can I find like the heart artists like craziest music that can really just like stimulate all of my senses um and then when I moved to New York I moved to New York when I was 17 back in 2016 now and um for college and I found house music first and then techno but I guess how it started was I was in the drag. I was like hanging out with a lot of people in the drag scene. Um, a lot of the people who do the lady fag parties, the Susan Barch parties. And there was a lot of house music within that. And I was going to this club every weekend called flash factory. Um, and I was able to see some really prolific house DJs there. So I started doing house music in 2017 and then pretty soon, like 2019, I was really wanting to, 
I was finding more heavier music. I was listening to heavier music, techno, hard techno, industrial. And it just got to a point where I was like, okay, now I want to break into the techno scene. Mm-hmm. Was there one particular yeah. artist at this time that you were really just digging that kind of opened up your eyes to the techno sound? Um, I wouldn't say it was any particular artist, you know, like I was seeing a lot of DJs play and what I would do is I would go to like their discography and I would listen to all of their stuff. And then I would listen to like artists like this person. And so I was finding like a lot of different DJs. So I was finding the originals, of course, like Jeff Mills, Mike Baxter, Kevin Saunderson. But then I was also listening to like Chris Liebing, Dax J. So I was listening to like a wide range of different styles of techno. Um, and at the same time I had started going to basement regularly, um, to see DJs that I was finding out about, whether it be through social media or through listening to their music. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was also going there and just hearing so many great techno DJs and finding all these new styles. Mm -hmm. You know what I always tell people, because I think, and I I spoke a little bit about this on the episode with, um, witchcraft and Kyra about Mm -hmm. how like, if you're not knowledgeable about the history of this music, you might think that like everything sounds the same, right? But the way that you in particular are able to craft these sets and make everything sound so dynamic and fresh and exciting on the dance floor just takes a real level of skill that you have mastered so well. Um, and even now with, I listened back to um, one of your uh, X pizza sets and I think you were mm-hmm. mixing a lot of like this experimental noise, um, yeah. these really lush elements that just made the set sound completely different, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I really admire that about you, that you're able to just really laser in on this really hard bass, but just make it sound exciting for folks, you know? It's never monotonous is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, it's like I... I always have like a point of view where I'm coming from. And that point of view is one of spirituality. You know, it's like I view a DJ as like a spiritual interaction and I want to translate like a certain energy or a certain message onto the audience, whether it be at a club like basement or whether it be at X pizza, you know? And so for me, it's, I really like to pull those like wackier, weirder sounds and pair them with a hard, base because like you said i think it keeps it interesting i think it keeps it moving and while i do love hard music i don't want it to just be hard for the sake of being hard i also want it to be interesting and have a point of view Mm -hmm, definitely um let's talk a little bit about that catharsis that so many of us get when we're on there in the dance floor and i think i had a brief moment of that at dweller this weekend where it was almost like i had lost sense of time and I just, I just got so locked in that I had forgot that there were people moshing in front of me, (laughs) you know, Um, for you. I mean, do you have those kind of moments where you're like, wow, I I don't even know what's going on, but this is great. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I was actually just having this conversation with some friends over the past weekend in Portland. I was playing there and I was saying, I was like, okay, guys, this is going to sound really weird. (laughs) Like, I was like, but have you ever had this moment where like, you're on the dance floor and time seems to stand still and everything's just kind of like melding together. 
And like, it's not, I was like, it's not scary, but it's actually just, just like relieving. And the music becomes just kind of this second base and you just feel like really locked into what's happening. And they were like, yeah, we know exactly what you're talking about. And I was like, great. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So I definitely, I definitely have had those moments. And I think those moments are so special. And I love when I have those moments to look around and see everybody kind of locked into the same mode. It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like everybody is just kind of like following this instinctual beat. And yeah, it just creates this sense of unity all at once. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen it happen at your sets and so many people's sets. And it's really nice to kind of tap into that spiritual realm, especially if you're feeling like nervous before a set and you're not sure how it's going to go. But then I don't know, it's almost like the fear just wipes away and you you have so much clarity, you know? Um, yeah. So kind of speaking along those lines of clarity, I mean, I'm so excited to hear about your spiritual journey. What kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, maybe it's something you do before set or after set, um, in terms of, you know, either praying, whatever have you, what kind of spiritual techniques are you using at the moment to just kind of elevate everything that you're doing in life? Yeah. I mean, in terms of my life, you know, like I was, raised as a non-denominational Christian. Like my dad's a pastor. So I I've had that upbringing. And as I got older, I kind of was trying to figure out, well, what does this all mean for me? Because, you know, it's never, it's never done my life any harm to believe what I've believed, but I, it got to a point where as an adult, I was just kind of like, what does this mean for me? How do I use these ideals and these practices and these values in my everyday life in a way that makes sense for myself. And for me, you know, it stems from, of course, like treating people with respect, meeting people where they're at, like embracing things as they come and just kind of going with the flow. And, but also when it comes to music and DJing, it's one of these things where it's like, I always have an intention before I do a set. So I'm like, okay, what do I want the audience to feel And the entire time that I'm playing, I try to keep that in mind, that feeling in mind, both the feeling as a word, but also the feeling as like what it feels like in my body. And the entire time, I'm just trying to translate that and push that and emit that into the audience. And so it's so refreshing when people communicate to me after my set, like, oh, I loved your set. It felt just like X, Y, Z. And I was like, great, that's exactly what I wanted you to feel. So that's like been really exciting and refreshing. But I think also like, sometimes I'll say a prayer before set. I usually like have this little mantra where I say like, God is with me, like let the music speak for itself. And then I just kind of like keep that in mind too. There are, cause you know, there are times where I get stressed or if I can't read the audience as well as I want to, and it's a little more ambiguous and I'm kind of trying to find the vibe in that way. But other times it just happens seamlessly and it locks in. Mm-hmm. I definitely have those moments. Um, and honestly, before the dweller set, I was having a lot of anxiety before my sets. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a big moment. Yeah, you know, just like you know, overthinking. Like, should this be placed here at the right time? But I also have been praying before my sets, and you know, I'll ask, I'll call on my ancestors, I'll ask them to be with me during the set, or you know, I've been exercising a lot lately, so that's helped to kind of, um, you know, vet against some of the tension that I might be feeling. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that's so great that like 
yeah, I guess I guess you, sometimes you forget that, yeah, music can be this really spiritual thing um, that connects so many people from different walks of life, you know, and people are experiencing it differently, which I think is really cool. Like, you know, maybe someone's not dancing, but they're still feeling the same thing as the person that's moshing and like, you know, running around the dance floor, you know? <laughs> yes. I mean, there's also times where I love to just watch. I mean, that's, that's also a way that I've found a lot of new tracks and new tricks and ways of DJing is like watching her sets or watching a lot radio sets or also just like watching people play in person. You know, like if I, if I hear something crazy happening behind the DJ booth, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I have to see what they're doing. And like, that's one of the, that's one of the best ways for me to have a great time at the party, especially if I'm exhausted, then I can just sit there and watch and be like, wow, like that's a new trick. Or I didn't think about bringing something in like that, or I didn't think about leading with that EQ. And so that's always nice also to be able to see what the DJ is doing. Yeah. Um, do you dabble in any like spiritual readings by any chance? I do. Yeah. I mean, so I, I have, I do practice like tarot and things like that. So that, that helps me out a lot when I'm just like really in a moment where I need, like we were talking about clarity and I just kind of want like a reference point or a guide to like, kind of like, okay, where are things going? Like, what's the energy, you know? Um, but I think also like I do a yoga practice and that's a great way for me to transmit any kind of pent up energy that's in my body, find out where different emotions lie and where I want to channel something. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yoga has been key as well, especially like early in the morning. I love just starting my day with setting the intention and yeah, finding that clarity so that I can like work throughout the day and do my thing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the exciting things that you've been doing here in, in NYC nightlife. Um, the R and R party has just been so incredible and I'm sure an incredible journey for you. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about the origin story behind uh, the event? Yeah. I mean, so, well, I guess where should I start? Also, so I guess like for me, for me with R&R, &R, like I always had this idea of eventually one day starting my own party. But when I first started DJing, I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what the possibilities were. Um, and so I kind of just had this idea of the name in the back of my head, you know, R&R &R Rumble and the Ramble. Mm -hmm. And I had this kind of vibe that I wanted. I knew I wanted it to be sexy. I knew I wanted it to be different styles of techno, eventually bringing in house as well. But I knew, I knew what I wanted it to sound like and what I wanted it to look like. But I was like, how do I get to attain that goal? How do I make it tangible? And I think like, for me, the, the biggest reason why I throw R&R &R is because um, oftentimes I just feel like there is a lack of consistency in lineups. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, it's like the opener should be amazing. The person in the middle should be amazing. The person closing should be amazing. And oftentimes I find that it's one or two, but not all. And I was like, I want people to walk into a party of mine and, and never hear a bad track, never hear a bad set. It doesn't matter if they're there at 10, a, 10 PM or 8 AM, like whatever's happening is amazing. And that was like the big driving point for me because you know, as I feel that music is such a spiritual exchange, if there's any dip or low point in energy, because you know, and it's no shade, but if I don't feel like an intention or if I don't feel the person behind what they're playing, if I just hear like 
oh, this is hard for the sake of being hard. Or if I just hear like tracks that I don't resonate with, you know, then it's hard. It's hard for me to stay engaged in the party. It's hard for me to stay at the party in general. And so the biggest inspiration behind r r was to be able to create lineups that had consistency throughout the entire evening. Mm, of course, of course. Um, what has been like your favorite R&R party so far? That's probably a really hard question. <laughs> I mean, that's a really hard question. I think mm, I it's like I want to say the very first one because it was so unexpected. Um, but, you know, like it was all of my friends and it was supposed to be at Boston and the fire happened at Boston. It was at Mood Ring in February. It was freezing and like there was a line down the block and it was busy the whole time. And it was just like the craziest vibe. People are like, this is the craziest I've ever seen mood bring. And it was, it was amazing. But I think like in terms of my favorite ones so far, I would have to say probably there's so many, but I'm just going to choose. I think like the one at good room, was so exciting, not only because we got to do two rooms of different styles. So we had like, you're not going to Paris and AK soul and Madison Moore and bad room. And then we had fluffy, um, me, B2B, Katie, DJ Volvox in the good room. And then I opened it up with this wonderful man that I met a few years ago, street mule, who's like a performance artist, like plays on the drums and didgeridoo and just like makes music as he goes along. And so I had him open the evening and it was like very ceremonial and tribal and very cool and i mean like that party was a dream we had strippers it was like super <laughs> packed um and yeah i got to do a b2b with one of my best friends so that was that was a really great party i loved that experience uh-huh. and good room's always a great time the bad room good room oh you just can't go you can't you can't do bad without it you know <laughs> um, great space that's true. Um, and actually, there's a party coming up uh, later this month with a boy. I saw Fidel, Fidel on there, who I've been a big fan of. Yes. Are you yeah. excited? Yeah. Um, so I have a party. Yeah. So it's the R&R season opener for this year. The lineup is me, Boy, Fidel, and Juana. So three of my favorite DJs. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm super excited to have them. We're doing it DIY. It's a collaboration with Golden Record NYC, a house collective here in New York. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. You know, it's going to be a, a DIY underground party. It's going from 10 to 8.30. And so it's just going to be really exciting. You know, one of my favorite parts about R&R is that I constantly get to see my favorite DJs play. And so it's always, every lineup is a gift. Every party is a gift. And I'm super excited that this is the first one of the year because it's really going to blow it out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Um, and then, yeah, anything exciting that you're looking forward to this year besides the season opener? Yes, definitely. I mean, of course, there are some things I can't mention, but I am very excited. I have some really big gigs coming up, um, both in the States and in um, Europe. I think something that I'm really excited about is in May, I will be doing my first all night long ever. Um, So that's really exciting for me. Um, this coming month of March, I have a lot of traveling going on. So I'll be playing in Paris, Miami, San Diego, um, Nuremberg and Germany. So I have a lot of fun things coming up that I'm super excited about.
we're coming out of the interview between me and Dea. I am sad because I really wanted to stay the whole entire night. I actually went from R&R to go see Honey Bun at Basement, which was equally as crazy. Um, but I stayed for a couple hours until about 12, I would say. And it was really beautiful to watch everyone come into this space. You walk in. It's this really bare skate park <laughs> with skate ramps everywhere. These red club lights, you know, the real dim ones where you got to like squint to see people. Fog everywhere. And it was almost like you're stepping into a new world when you entered the doors into this event. Um, and over the night, you know, I stayed mainly for a divorce set. Over the night, Devoy kind of told a story as the lights started to change, bodies started to fill up the room, and it almost felt like this spiritual experience, that the kind of steady progression of the beat overnight and then having people just kind of come in and be tranced to this pounding beat on the uh, sound system it was a real spiritual experience and I can't wait for the next one. This time I'm going to stay the entire time to really get the full experience. Cause I only got a little taste. Um, but it was really incredible, super cool and, uh, really exciting to see that there's more spaces opening up for people who want to do all kinds of things here, listen to all kinds of things and create, an experience for people beyond just being there and listening to music, right? You know, that was a, a real experience. You really felt like you were stepping into another world and um, that you almost weren't on a dance floor, right? You were just like, I don't know, in this other dimension. <laughs> and I can't wait to see where R&R goes next. Well, that is it for this episode, but we're going to be talking more about spiritualism on the next couple of shows, and we've got some exciting people that we're going to be discussing this topic with in the coming weeks, so stay tuned. And as always, thank you so much for people supporting on Patreon. If you'd like access to early episodes, additional information about myself, please sign up to our Patreon. That is all on that community. Um, and shout out to the people that have been sticking with the Patreon for wow I want to say almost two years now damn we've been doing this podcast for that long that is amazing um and thank you thank you to everyone who's listened I can't tell you how many people I've stopped have been stopped by <laughs> at the lot radio and say we listen to the podcast I truly every time I just always feel like I'm just talking to myself in my room but to hear that these conversations are going beyond the four walls of my apartment are really, really, it's a dope feeling. And it gives me the energy and the drive and, um, you know, the courage to keep going. So thank you so much. Until next time.